Hello, Tune In listeners. You are listening to Tune In Radio for Your Mind, Body, and Soul. I'm your host, Keila Parkinson, and we are talking on Tune As We Do Every on Tune In as we do every week about mindfulness and all of its ways, the practical applications, the ways that it shows up when we're not expecting it to, and the ways people around us in our world and our community also use mindfulness that we may not be aware of and that we can copy when we copy the pros. So someone I think is a super pro in my industry and in our community here in Northwest Indiana is Sarah Metzger, the owner of the former wonderful Lilu Lowe's vegan shop on the square in Crown Point, Indiana that I love, love, loved. And she still is available um, for events and, um, you know, I think for some deliveries and she's got all kinds of other things brewing and baking in the works. And she also has a very cool podcast called What's on Your Plate, which is not just about food and the vegan lifestyle and being intentional with how we're eating, but also about the kind of load that we carry as mothers, as people, as business owners. And so it's a wonderful, wonderful show. And I want to give a shout out to that and have listeners also jump in and listen to that one because it's also available on Anchor. And so if you aren't already familiar with it, you need to check that out and help me welcome, please, Sarah Metzger. Hi, Sarah. Hey, Keela. Thanks for having me on. Oh my gosh, this is so fun. I, um, I've i been diving into some of your episodes, and it's very funny because uh, I feel like I'm like a little bit of a Pollyanna <laughs> compared to your show because uh, you have a different cadence than I do. I try to be like laughing all the time in the background and blah, 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 and, um, and yours is really great with the topics that you bring to mind and the way you get people thinking. And so I think that it's very fun to have a little overlap in our shows and and, and connect in this way. I like connecting with you personally, and I know that listeners are going to love our conversation. So thanks for coming on to tune in. Yeah, it's so much fun. You know, and I'm all about diversity, uh, whether it's in personalities or podcasts or just people in general. So it's cool to just see different angles of the way people do things. Oh, man, I agree. So, so awesome. I honestly was thinking about that the most from your Thanksgiving episode because we both did the same kind of thing where we're like, okay, solo show, just putting out thoughts on Thanksgiving, right? And and yours gave me so many talking points and things to think about and things that they're in the back of my mind and I don't, sometimes I think about them, sometimes I'm a, I feel like I'm a little conscious of them and sometimes I'm like, I don't know what to where to put that in, the, in my box yet and so I'm just going to like kind of ignore it and live in denial and your show really brought out that like there are a lot of us living in denial and that's kind of adding to the problem. Do you want to share with listeners some of, because by contrast, by the way, mine was reading like a book of gratitude poems, right? And so that's where I'm like, I'm all Pollyanna in this for a second. And and yours is so good. So um, do you want to just share a little bit of the thoughts to the tune in listeners that you shared with the what's on your plate listeners? Absolutely. You know, the Thanksgiving post um or publication rather was a little bit darker than your perspective on yours I guess (laughs) in that I guess I'm always just encouraging people to really take a look at what they're doing and ask themselves what is their why Mm. and why are you celebrating Thanksgiving what does it actually mean to you does it mean that you're not thankful every other day of the year why so much emphasis on this one day Mm. when really if we learn about the history of Thanksgiving and um, what we promote on that particular day, none of it is actually feelings of 
love and gratitude and um, respect for others and all the things that we say we're doing on Thanksgiving. So for me, it's it's become a bit of a problematic holiday in, in a lot of those ways. So not to just you know repeat myself um, from yeah. the recording, certainly <laughs> listeners here can um, redirect themselves to that episode and um, hear the whole thing. But it really comes down to, for me, just questioning yourself on why you why you're doing what you're doing and what does it actually stand for? What does it actually mean? And is it in alignment with what your beliefs are personally? Mm. You know, I think that being able to be brave enough to ask that question first of ourselves and then of others, because you're practiced at asking this question of yourself, right? And putting your life in alignment with intention. And I think that that is... In that sense, you can be a real guidepost to other people who maybe kind of a little bit in my camp of like, you know, I like the ideas of this, but I get caught up in the have to's and the obligations, right? And all the parties and blah, 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 right? And I, for me, one of the, this is like a a tired phrase at this point, but I'm going to say it. One of the gifts of the pandemic was being able to um, really go in and say, what do I love? What do I want to bring back when, quote, the world comes back, you know, um, online? And what do I want to um, do differently? Because before the shutdown, I was like a lot of other moms, especially working moms, who um, was really just drowning in like all the things to do, right? And I still feel like that is a, a thing that it's a thing. It's back, right? It's all back in full force. Um, and, and to be able to say, okay, how do I say no with intention? How do I take that thought process and say no with intention and say yes to the real meaning behind it? I think that's such a great conversation to ask. And so, um, do you want to share a little bit about, I know, again, I'm not asking you to repeat everything you said, but in, in Thanksgiving and in other ways, how are some ways that you have said no to some things that you're really proud and glad you've said no to, no to, and you've had some great outcomes? And then converse, second part of that question, we also share with us the challenges of saying no in a world where people expect you to say yes. That's an excellent question. Um, the first part of it, I will answer in that... Every time you say yes to something that you really don't want to do or that really doesn't feel good to you, you're saying no to yourself. Mm. And doing that over and over and over again creates just resentfulment and, you know, this obligatory feeling that you have to keep doing and showing up in ways that really don't resonate with you. So I always try to keep that in mind that every time I say yes to something that really isn't feeling good to me, then I have to say no to something else that I want to put my energy and focus into that is more in line with my purpose or uh, more in line with who I'm caring for and who I want to give my attention and energy to. So that's what I try to keep in the forefront of my mind with that. In regards to how that might disappoint others, well, <laughs> that's something that for sure has been a challenge over the years. And we always want to, you know, show up for people, right? But I think it's to a fault often that then we don't show up for ourselves. Mm. So I think understanding and what really comes to mind with the back end of that question is holidays of course mm -hmm. where you feel like you have to show up here and participate there and give to this and you know ex expect 
just yourself to be present in all these ways that really just you don't want to do any of it right um at least i don't <laughs> quite honestly um or at least the things that people expect me of and um over the years that kind of snowballs into just you always having to do the things that you don't want to do and mm -hmm. that sucks the joy out of it for yourself so if you keep in mind that if you continue to do things that you don't want to do you are going to lose your own happiness along the way mm -hmm. nothing's going to happen if you don't show up to this particular event you know like everybody right. expects you to it's okay to say no yeah. And, you know, and I think sometimes things do happen, right? Like sometimes there there are people who are, they they're going to hold a grudge against us, especially if it's family or something, right? Like maybe if it's, okay, uh, Christmas starts at 11 a.m. on the dot at grandma's house and you have to get there, you know, and everyone has to open their presents at the same time. And um, everyone needs to get, you know, this amount and not too much more, not too much less, right? Like, and these are the rules of Christmas and how we do it, you know? And so, and so if you deviate, maybe there is, uh, you know, a negative outcome. And then, and then the challenge of like, maybe that resets the standard for everybody else and gives people permission, right? So I'm wondering, have you had, instances like that because honestly I don't know what did you grow up vegan let's start with that and and let's move into like how did you choose that as a lifestyle and you're handing it down to the next generation and you're and you're setting this template and that's brave in and of itself so I grew up in a very meat and potatoes mm -hmm. world I didn't even know what a vegetarian was to be honest with you and when I decided to walk that path there was nobody in my family doing anything close to what I was considering. And when I announced, quote unquote, not officially, but just started saying, hey, I'm just not going to eat that and I'm not really doing that anymore. Um, there was some confusion for sure. And people didn't know what to do with me <laughs> uh, because, you know, I wasn't going to partake in the holiday meat that was on the table or grandma's pot roast or even you know, my grandma's famous cheesecake that was full of dairy. Yeah. So it definitely caused some ripples amongst people that uh, feed you in a way of showing their love to you. Yeah, I was right? going to say, did they take it personally? They do. Yeah. So there was a little bit of that. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, if you stay firm with what your own choices are, people will just you know, just leave it alone for the most part. At least that was my experience. Okay. I was always really good at bringing something vegan to the table that was delicious that people yeah. wanted to try. And that's <laughs> how I expressed my love back to them is mm. let me feed you this delicious plant-based whatever and show you that, you know, it, it can be good and it can be delicious. So that was my love language back to them is feeding them. Um, but certainly there's, there's a lot of pushback and what I have found over time, especially in dealing with holiday situations where everybody at the table might not be very respectful of your choice. Mm -hmm. I don't have to tolerate that. And that's one of the reasons that I say that I can say no in regards to participating in something, because if it's, if it's disrupting my peace in order just to show up in an obligatory way, then then I'm gonna decline that at this point in my, my mm -hmm. journey. Earlier on, that was hard, but now 
I, I don't have to sit there and be bullied at the table just because you think it's funny to poke fun at somebody that's no longer eating dead animals. Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's amazing. And, and to put it into that frame, right. That like, it's not about me being ashamed of the choice that I'm making that's different anymore. It's about me having a firm belief and I understand what this is. And I, and I see this as bullying behavior and I don't have to tolerate it. That's really empowering, Sarah. Well, you know, you just get to the point where enough is enough with that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, I respect your opinion and I'm, you know, fine if this isn't the path you choose for yourself, but that doesn't mean you get to criticize my path. Yeah. Oh, man. We're going to talk a lot more about that in a second. Listeners, first, I want to jump in and quickly say you are listening to Tune In Radio for Your Mind, Body, and Soul on WVLP 103.1 FM. Today actually marks the first day of the first or the second day of the first week of our um, underwriting our pledge drive, rather, let me get my my thoughts in a row here, our pledge drive at WVLP, which is going on through December. And so uh, we really encourage you, if you love this show, if you love the other shows, if you are a local listener, or if you found us, you know, throughout the world on the podcast, go to WVLP.org slash support and check out the different shows that are there. Check out the different, um, different pieces of the community of Valparaiso, Indiana that are going out to the world and and making little shifts and changes, little ripple effects right here in our little corner of the world. Uh, You can also phone the station at US 011, area code 219-476-9000. Our show tune in is underwritten in part two by Kiki Productions, Inc., Communications Coaching, and Universal Love Clothing. And you'll learn more about these later in the show as well. Right now, we are talking with our fellow podcaster, Sarah Metzger, who is the um, host of What's on Your Plate. And she is herself a wonderful cook. She's a vegan lifestyle experiencer and sharer. And she's got all kinds of things, baking and brewing, that we're going to be talking about, too, coming up, um, including things for the community. So the first thing I want to get into though, as we were just talking about here is this idea of being able to say no, to be able to offload things that aren't serving you anymore. And and that also goes into the point of the what's on your plate podcast. So again, it's not just about the food and the lifestyle choices, but also of consciously and intentionally making that shift into I'm choosing boundaries. I'm living the way that serves me and my family. And so you bring all kinds of great guests onto the show I believe locally and otherwise, right? Um, and and you have all kinds of people sharing their journeys with that. So I'd love to ask you some more about some of the great things, lessons you've learned vicariously as a podcast host to what's on your plate. Yeah, ask, ask, uh, ask away with what is uh, on your mind in regards to the guests or just the diversity that I try to bring to the table. Yeah, tell us that. Let's start with that. Like, tell us about why, you know, how you intentionally use diversity and, um, and, and some lessons and stories you've gotten from that front. Yeah, and you know, like anything, um, what's on your plate is a work in progress and it's a relatively new podcast. I just launched it in May of this year. So uh, the goal is every week to have on a guest that helps us to just, uh, you know, peel back the layers of life a little bit to uncover what is heavy, what is abundant on our plates, Mm. and how we can use those things to transform our lives. So everybody that I have on to join the conversation absolutely bring something to the table in that regard, whether it is, um, you know, food related from chefs that I've had on, whether it is runners that 
tell us about their journeys in endurance, um, whether it is health coaches and healing professionals. I mean, there's so many different people that I try to include in the podcast because there's just so much perspective to be gained from different people's lives and journeys. Mm -hmm. And I just find it incredibly valuable to hear their stories. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So who are, can you name, I know every guest is our favorite guest, right? Like I definitely have that same, I have that same challenge. Every guest is my favorite guest. It's so fun each time, but can you name off the top of your head, some of your fave conversations you've had with guests? Gosh, you're gonna make yeah. me pick. I know. <laughs> um, I mean, one person that certainly comes more to than mind. One. There's several people that come to mind. Yeah. Um, Evie Kibish is uh, local to Northwest Indiana. She is a certified juice therapist mm-hmm. and just has a wealth of knowledge in regards to that area of expertise. Um, spiritual teacher and healer Shailene Halloran expert in RTT therapies and just uncovering different depths of our unconsciousness to help promote our own healing. Uh, Brianne Zolfo, you know, she is a local business owner. She owns Cafe Fresco in Crown Point and she um, is an amazing soul. She is a philanthropist and um, community activist in, in so many different ways and just the way that she helps and shows up for other people is just so inspiring so i mean off the top of my head those are a few of the guests that um i just you know i I think back on all the time and i stay connected with in in some regard but Mm -hmm. Gosh, I, I don't know. I love all my guests. Yeah. And they're all just so special to me in different ways. <laughs> I completely understand. Like, I actually felt the pain as I was asking it. Like, I couldn't I answer know. this question. Yeah. <laughs> it's so fun. <laughs> but I think that, um, you know, one of the reasons that those particular people come to mind is because I associate them with helping me with my own growth mm. in a lot of ways. So that's why I think oh, I man. them first. That makes sense, actually. I like that answer, that that add-on to that answer, because Shailene has been on our show a couple of times, too, and so listeners might be familiar with her, and you can find those episodes. Search for those, you know, um, in, in, pot, in wherever you're listening to this, search for those shows with Shailene Halloran. And yeah, ditto. She's definitely helped me. One of the one of the topics she came on and talked about was a book club that she had started that we were doing that was so fun on, um, it didn't start with you, the book, and, and that whole, like, you know, just changing the epigenetics and like making those conscious choices as a parent. And um, that was so great. And then I was really inspired, Sarah, by your conversation with Brianne Zolfo. Um, her family has absolutely helped my family because one of the first things I did when I moved to Crown Point from Chicago was find some place to do yoga. And the only place I could find was the yoga oh, room. Yeah. It was yeah, so wonderful, right? And I took um, prenatal yoga there when I was expecting both my kiddos, right? And so all this stuff. And, and I... She was talking about in your conversation, I listened to that because it was a recent conversation, and um, she was talking about how the cafe just celebrated its ninth anniversary, and I thought, oh my gosh, that's right, my son was a baby when she opened, and then you guys went right into, she was saying, you market with these kiddos who come in, and so many of them have just turned nine, and I was like, I love that, that was great synchronicity too. Yes, yes, yeah, her and I um, definitely had some in common with that in regards to like seeing seeing our, um, you know, I hate to even call them clients or customers because it Mm. sounds so impersonal, but the people that we work with, with our businesses, 
you see them in a way that allows you to watch them evolve and grow as as little humans, yeah. right? And uh, it's it's cool to be a part of that. Yeah, you know, both Crown Point and Valparaiso both have these great squares. For anybody who's not a native Hoosier or, or to, you know, native to the region or comes to our area, they both have these really great town squares. They're literally squares that you, you know, have to drive, you know, one direction around in a certain way and and um, have that courthouse in the center, that iconic look. And it's very, you know, Midwest and um, and it's it's got this revival. This, you know, revival is even passe at this point because it's got like 20 years of great business growth and around both of these um, areas. And and the the shops and the businesses that are there around these places. I mentioned Valpo because that's where WVLP is located and because the Holly Days is coming up this weekend. And so for anybody who's um, listening to that, it, it may be it may have already happened by the time you're hearing this episode. But fun, fun stuff, right, with the merchants participating. And, and, and Crown Point this year has the Christmas trees sponsored by the businesses. And, and it really is true that you go in and you know these people by name when you're a customer, right? And and you have these relationships and and like the Zolfos, right? Like I the different businesses that have really impacted my family and and whenever my mother would come into town, we would go to Lilulo's because that's where she could find all the gluten-free things that were so delicious and she just loved everything she was eating. She has lots of different reactions to the foods in the world and she's had to really strictly limit her diet and so she could eat everything on the menu <laughs> that <Yeah>. Sarah made <laughs> and it was all so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really miss feeding people and in mm. fact even just uh, today somebody posted a memory of their own and tagged me in it from like five years ago. I miss all the things, you yeah. know, and then but seeing people as uh you know part of part of your life you're part of theirs over the years uh, i recently had a memory pop up in my own memories where it was a picture of like somebody's wedding favors that i did for, nice. for their wedding day and then every year i make their children's cakes yeah how cool <laughs> so it's like this whole like thing where you're part of their lives and they're part of yours so it does become very personal and an interesting thing I saw the other day, it said something about your friends will not become your clients, but your clients absolutely become your friends. And that's so true. I mean, the relationships that I gained from just having that storefront and the ones that I still have today because of that is invaluable to me. If, Mm -hmm. If nothing else, just so many beautiful connections came out of that space. It was worth it. And so you are still serving people, and, and how can people reach you? Is it, I mean, is it just a select client base at this point, or are you open to, to getting to new customers turned turn into friends? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I have scaled way back mm-hmm. the last several months. I had a lot of, like, changes happen in the last few months that I really had to pull back and be less available. So while I do still accept orders, primarily cake orders at this point, um, it's it's less for sure and when will that pick up will that pick up there's a lot of questions people are asking that all the time and you know at this point in time I just don't really have a firm answer for that Mm -hmm. and I will continue to evolve continue to step into the direction of what feels good what feels warm what makes sense and you know you never know whether there'll be a physical location again Mm -hmm. one day or whether it'll, you know, just look different, who's to say. But I do know that no matter what direction it goes in in regards to actually offering 
you know, physical things to eat to people, I will always be focused on promoting the vegan movement and empowering other people to step into this way of life. That's wonderful. And people can follow you on Instagram and on Facebook. And can you tell them the handles and how they can reach you and and see that and get that education from you right now virtually? Um, So my website is there. It's lulosvegan.com. You can find me on Instagram at lulos.vegan. And uh, I believe it's also just lulosvegan at Facebook. Um, And then, of course, the podcast, uh, What's on Your Plates?, with Sarah Metzger, that's a great way to connect as well. And always all my ways to reach me are listed there as well. That's great. And I believe that you can use Anchor as well for your podcast uploading. And so people can, I think it's probably anchor.fm slash what's on your plate if they want to find a direct link if they're just listening, right? Yes, I believe so. <laughs> that's yeah. wonderful. <clears throat> so listeners, these are all some of the great ways that you can get a hold of Sarah Metzger and you can see some of the beautiful images of the cakes and things that she makes and you can um, get that information from the podcast and you can and learn because your movement on educating is so amazing and so um, I think consistent and um, and the way that you bring like really just this different way of thinking to not just what are we eating but how are we choosing to live what are we taking off of our plate it's so important I thank you so much for that Yeah, you know, I mean, the podcast is really an evolution of the storefront in that there's so much more to sharing food than just the physical things on your plate. That's where so many conversations, so many connections are made is around food and the conversation just naturally expands far beyond what we're eating. And that's Mm -hmm. why the podcast now exists. It's so good. Listeners, once again, you are listening to Tune In, radio for your mind, body, and soul. I'm your host, Keila Parkinson, and our show broadcasts live from WVLP.org and WVLP 103.1 FM. And I say live, but we do record now, but it goes out on the airwaves, uh, unscripted and unedited. Our show is underwritten in part by Kiki Productions, Inc. Communications Coaching, teaching exercises to help you cycle out of fight or flight in the moment. With a mission to create individual harmony to add peace to the world, Kiki Productions, Inc.'s philosophy is when you are confident, focused, and authentic with your message, You are a magnet to those you wish to attract. Learn how you can speak your truth with love at coachkiki.com. You can also go to buildbetterhumans.substack.com to check out the new newsletter for parents and SEL educators. And so um, those are some of the things that are happening around the TuneIn show and around WVLP. And once again, I want to also say check out wvlp.org slash support for our um, for ways that you can provide to the station and just give if you are, are a fan of supporting small businesses and local voices. And so back again to that conversation, I want to say that when I listen to you and Brian talking about how you use your hands to make food with love to people, and I just was thinking, oh man, so much gratitude filled me just listening to that and being like, how lucky are my children and I to live in a community where just just at least two of these small business owners, right? Women, for me, I have to say too, it gives me chills to be like women who are having like these businesses, serving the community, doing it with intention and genuinely putting that energy of love into the food you are hand making. Oh man, it's like I want to bow and thank you for that. <laughs> so cool. Well, it's like I've said to people before, um, you know, I never set out to have a storefront. That mm. was never something that was part of the goal list or part of the long-term plan. 
food for me in the way that I share it has always been about feeding people and less about selling it. Hmm. So feeding people is much different than selling food in, in my mind. And, um, you know, I think Brianne has the same type of mindset with that in that, yes, you know, the cup of coffee does cost you a couple bucks, but at the same time, the experience and the conversation and just the atmosphere that she wants to give to you <laughs> via yeah. that cup of coffee is really what it's more about than anything else. And the same thing with what I do. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us a little bit more if you're if you will if you're if you're interested in sharing this a little bit more about that evolution of how you did get into like having a storefront and then um and and how you got into like you know just sharing this food in this way like yeah so i mean i have reinvented myself many times over the years and i'm on the brink of it again now Fun. but in <laughs> regards to how um the storefront came about i had been working in dentistry for 14 years, um, retail management prior to that. And, you know, there just comes a point where you start to just, I don't know, I don't want to say become uninspired, but just there's a desire for something Mm -hmm. more, something deeper. And at a certain point for me, it became sharing food. When I transitioned to veganism, I started educating myself more on just how to maintain a healthy body and wellness while walking that path. And then um, through my education on that and through the courses that I took, I then became inspired to just want to tell everybody else about that. So I started having just these pop-up little cooking classes around in coffee houses, health food stores that evolved into people um, then wanting to purchase things from me. So I started at the markets in the region, you know, like the seasonal markets. And that's a ton of fun. You know, that was a great way to, you know, connect with people and, you know, just physically hand them a a plate of love, so to speak, something that I poured my heart into. And um, during all of that, you know, where I was the space I was utilizing to create these things for other people became available. And it was like, okay, well, now or never. So yeah. I chose now. Yeah, <laughs> good. <laughs> um, and the storefront opened. And it, it was just that just that random, just that easy. And um, I use the word easy very loosely because nothing about owning an eatery um, is easy. <laughs> but um, being able to just have already been using the space and then just be able to keep it as my own was very unique. Most people have to build from the ground up. So mm-hmm. um so that is how the storefront opened, and for quite a while, we were Eats and Treats, where we offered sweet and savory, all vegan options, as well as gluten-free options, as you mentioned. We catered to a lot of uh, allergy-conscious and food-conscious people, um, where we could do things like nut-free and soy-free and all kinds of other frees we became kind of known for, uh, while keeping it delicious. Mm -hmm. So that was the thing. It's like when I became plant-based, I was never, ever going to compromise what I wanted to eat just because I decided to stop eating animals. Mm -hmm. I knew there was a way. Um, and if I couldn't find it somewhere, I was going to create it, um, which is another reason the storefront came about is because there really, there was no vegan option in 
crown points right. or even the region for some time the Lulos was the only uh, all vegan restaurant and um, that was that was one of the reasons it came about is because I wanted more options it was kind of yeah. selfish um, so you know we stayed um, being of service in that space for some time we got through the pandemic our building was sold mm. and we were no longer um, asked to stay in the <laughs> yeah. space, I'll say it nicely. Mm -hmm. um, so that's basically how the demise of the storefront came about. So I yeah. continue to offer food and uh, treats to people for some time as much as I could. But now really it's custom cakes, um, the podcast as an evolution of that, and the classes that I used to offer to people, cooking classes that I used to have people come around my prep table, kids and adults, to nice. really, that that really is more of what I move towards for the future is that I don't want to just sell you food. I want to show you how to make it sustainable for yourself, yeah. right? Um, I enjoy feeding people, but I also want you to be able to feed yourself plant-based foods. So that is more the direction that I'd be going in the future. Okay, so I love that, and it brings up a couple questions for me. The first one is... What are some challenges that people often have in their mind, right, when they think about going even vegetarian or vegetarian to vegan or full vegan, right? Like, what are, and, and for somebody who doesn't know, we might want to def, just define those two. And then beyond that, I'm wondering, Sarah, like, not only what have you learned that makes it actually easier than people often think it's going to be, but what are some little baby steps that people can take to say, to just explore it and be like, is this something for me and can I do it? Mm -hmm. That's a lot of questions. Got it? Yeah, so, <laughs> uh, first and foremost, let's, let's differentiate the difference. Mm -hmm. yeah. So a vegetarian is somebody who usually just omits flesh from their diets. Um, they still eat eggs often, they still eat dairy often, or maybe it's one or the other, mm -hmm. right? A vegan, and there's a couple layers of this too, um, a, a vegan is somebody who removes all animal products from not only their diets, but also their lifestyle. So they also will omit things like leather mm -hmm. and fur, and whenever they can in other ways choose to do so. Plant-based eaters tend to focus mostly what's on their plate in regards to only eating plant-based foods, and maybe they are less concerned about, you know, the leather couch okay. or, or the, the fur coat or something like that. So there's a couple different ways that it's described. I tend to use the word vegan and plant-based interchangeably for the most part. Um, some of the challenges I would say people face or the misconceptions is what I'll call them instead is that it's just, um, that it's expensive for one, that, you know, you have to buy all these new things and mm. have all these different products that you can't just get at a regular grocery store. And that's probably uh, one of the biggest misconceptions out there. I, 99% of what I have in my home in regards to food comes from local places like Meijer. Nice. Um, if I go to Whole Foods, it's for like novelty junk food stuff. Okay. They're really, it's, I just don't, I mean, I can't, I don't even know the last time I was there. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's a big misconception that you have mm -hmm. to have all these special things, mm -hmm. right? Um, another misconception is that you can't get everything you need from a health standpoint from a plant-based right. diet, that you have to eat meat or you have to have dairy or eggs. Um, 
just not a fact at all. I mean, and that's something that the agricultural, the, um, the you know, the dairy industry, the meat industry would have you believe. Right. So I guess I would just encourage people to consider the source in regards to who's telling you that information and then educate yourself a little deeper on that because it's not true. <laughs> yeah. Um, social concerns, you know, people, especially around the holidays, feel like they can't show up to things if they're the odd man out that's not going to partake and uh, I have become very comfortable just bringing my own food quite honestly I know that not everybody's up for that but in this world I mean there are so many places that you can literally just um, stop and grab something to go that may not be the healthiest form of plants but it is still a vegan option to bring along with you that there's really no reason that you can't just remain a plant-based eater even at holiday events can you give some examples of things that people can can use so i mean in a pinch even places like burger king taco bell um white castle i mean they all have options so a little bit better on that fast food spectrum you know there's your chipotles there's Mm -hmm. your noodles and company there is Local places in Northwest Indiana would include things like Tomato Bar, Metatrina, Blockheads, um, Ricochet Tacos. Yeah. You know, there's uh, Green is Good by Kate is yes. to be missed. She's yes. local to Crown Point. So there, you know, there are quite a few options. Um, so you can't, I mean, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, absolutely people could use that as, that as an excuse, but it's just not the way it is anymore. Even in Northwest Indiana, where I feel like we are very behind times in the food uh, way of things, you can still find options. Yeah. And and a lot of that thanks to local businesses, right? Which is great too. Well, for sure. I mean, when Lulos was on the square, um, it absolutely inspired other restaurants in the area to start having vegan options because prior to that, they did not. And then all of a sudden... There's so many. I know. I think about that too. I think about like... Back when the yoga room was the only place you could find yoga in most of the region, right? And then it's like, there, right. it's this proliferate now. There's just like so many yoga places, right? And yoga and Reiki, and we do all these things together. Mm-hmm. And the same thing, like there are so many great places. I That keto kitchen, I don't, I, you know, that, I don't actually know if they're still around, but I know that great place and, and same kind of concept, right? And, and even though things there are keto, not vegan, not, you know, necessarily, but there's a lot of overlap there and she's got some, some vegan offerings too. So. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of overlap there. Yeah. You know, there's a, mm-hmm. there's a big difference between, um, veganism is not a diet. Right. Plant-based eating yes. is not a diet. Right. It is a lifestyle yeah. choice. So, um, I can't speak for keto in that regard. Right. But that's another thing that people get hung up on is, oh, I'm going to try vegan for a week or I'm going to go vegan for, well, just for the health. You're not Mm going to find success in that. You're not going to find any type of evolution personally or physically or mentally um, when you're treating it like a diet. So Mm -hmm. I would just caution people to tread lightly on that type of thing with different ways of eating. So tell us some of the personal evolutions that you really believe that you have experienced that you feel are attributed to choosing a vegan lifestyle? Um, Well, I mean, there are people that have really amazing physical transformation stories. Mm. What I'll say for myself is that I was not physically unfit or I didn't have any, like, underlying illnesses when I transitioned. I transitioned because I am an endurance runner. I cared very deeply about what I put in my body and how I fueled myself, and 
my natural evolution just gradually took me away from animal products. Mm. Um, so I didn't experience anything significant like that, but there's many that do, depending on what their current situation is. Yeah. In regards to wellness, um, things like better sleep, better quality of skin, mm. better just digestion, just improvement in areas where people may have found something lacking is not uncommon at all and then another thing that i will say that um is a little bit deeper into the journey of veganism is the compassion factor so uh, what people may or may not take the time to think about with a standard american diet type of way of eating is how that food actually gets to your plate in regards to the brutality that happens, the violence that happens Mm -hmm. in order to bring you that cut of meat that's on your plate, in order to bring you that dairy ice cream or the eggs or whatever it is. Um, Even things that are grass-fed, free-ranging, it is still it is still a stance of Mm non-compassion. Nobody, no living being wants to die. Right. Right. So if you can imagine, even if you're raising animals in the most compassionate manner, they're sentient. Animals Mm -hmm. understand fear. They understand what makes them have a sensation of happiness or joy. You can see that in domesticated animals, right? Your cat, your dog that is happy to see you or feels scared when it's done something wrong. The same is true for a cow and a pig and a chicken. So to have it in your in your knowledge that animals being brought somewhere for slaughter feel fear is a very real and practical Mm -hmm. thought. Mm -hmm. Um, That fear is then transitioned to your plates. That fear that's on your plate enters your body and can can become um, and does become inflammation in your system, which then promotes disease in a lot of different ways. So while that might seem far-fetched to a lot of people, I would encourage you to look deeper into that. Yeah, you know, I, I almost interrupted you and I didn't want to because that when you're talking about that fear in the trans, how is that fear expressed in a body? Through cortisol, through these neurochemicals, right? And they go into everything. They go into Correct. the vascular system. They go into the muscles, right? And if we're the muscles or the meat we're eating, then that is what we're eating. We're eating something that's flooded with those chemicals at the very end of its life. And sometimes often throughout its life, right? The way that it's being raised and this sort of thing. So, um, and I, and I, I'm going to be honest, like I'm not vegan. Right. And I'm, I'm somebody who since high school has gone back and forth on this and like have had so many friends who have shown me the way and been so amazing. And I watch them and I, my, um, I'm sure it feels like such a cop out. Right. But my cop out excuse is that I am somebody who requires a lot of protein in my diet and um, and I have had that challenge in my life. And so um, so it has become easier. And the other reality for me, which I'm not saying this is like, like this is an argument to not do it, right? I'm just saying for myself, one of the realities for me is the farming industry that has has been a family, um, it's been, it's my, my heritage, right? And so being, being taught like these things, right? And then the story that I was given about how we can still bless the animals and this sort of thing. And I will say that 
that's a piece of it that I still subscribe to because I do have this consciousness of, I know how farming works. I've seen behind this, the curtain, you know, I have um, family who are pig farmers and that's not a pretty thing to, to, to live with or watch. Right. And, um, and also, and it's a big world and how do we feed and blah, blah, blah. But I love this idea of making the personal choice to say, I'm going to change it for myself I'm going to do the thing that isn't just convenient. And when we live with just convenience, I mean, all kinds of studies can show us that that's not the healthiest choice. That if we just do the low hanging fruit all the time, we never grow. Whether it is because, you know, we're eating too many French fries, right, at the fast food place, and then we're not exercising, we're not getting out of the car, we're, you know, we're, we're eating all the trans fats, whatever, like any of that, if it's just even that, or if it's, you know, that we're not going to the gym or if it's anything beyond physical, if we're not challenging ourselves to hang out with people who think differently, right? That we're not, you know, we're not growing in these ways. We have to do the hard thing to get to the good stuff. So, um, Sarah, you really inspire me. <laughs> well, listen, I, I, and I've said it before to people, like the most significant growth you can do is being willing to have your mind changed. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is something that a lot of people struggle with in veganism in all areas of life, right? I mean, if you're so firm and set in the way you've always done something, that you're not open to anybody else's approach or any better way of doing it, then that is severely, severely limiting. Yeah. Um, and I say that at the same time, as I've told my uh, class participants in the past, this is like a no-judgment zone. Because everybody is on a different path and everybody's at a different point on their path. I mean, there was a time when I was you. There was a time when I said, I, I've got to have this and, mm-hmm. and I am sympathetic to um, my family's perspective and I'm sympathetic to whose feelings I might hurt mm-hmm. or, you know, all the things, you know. So everybody's in their own, pla- in their own place on the path mm-hmm. and no judgment at all because you'll get to where you're going eventually. You're just, you know, everybody's at a different part. I love that too. And I think that when you show us with grace, right, how um, we're all just in our piece of the evolution and how if we, if we have these murky feelings, this conflict of some sort, even in the back of our minds about something, we have permission to take it out, to view it, to talk about it, to look at things differently, and to see how we can make baby steps or maybe like take the plunge and make, make a big lifestyle change, and that it is doable, and that it gets easier. And I love your piece about how the compassion has grown for you. That makes so much sense. For sure. And you know, just to give people, uh, just humanize it a little bit, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to be vegan, right? I mean, I'm not willing to give up French fries at this point in time. However, where I'm at in my journey, I aspire to give them up eventually okay. and gravitate towards a raw vegan diet. Wow. Um, but at this point in time, <laughs> that's not where I'm at. Yeah. So just give yourself some grace and celebrate the small wins you know if you eat less animals today than you did yesterday that's a small win that's a step in the right direction it doesn't have to be all or nothing and in fact if you try to make it all or nothing you're more likely to fail than not 
Oh, that makes so much sense. Listeners, you are listening to Tune In Radio for Your Mind, Body, and Soul on WVLP 103.1 FM. Our show is underwritten in part by Universal Love Clothing. Universal Love Clothing creates beautifully designed positive affirmations and pairs them with the coziest eco-friendly fabrics in the world to bring you clothing you feel good in. Find your perfect fit at universalloveclothing.com. And we're talking with Sarah Metzger, who is the host of What's on Your Plate, and she uh, really embraces and teaches this vegan lifestyle here in Northwest Indiana and beyond. And you mentioned these classes that you have shared in the past. I know you're going to have some more of those coming up in the future, potentially some coaching, some one-on-one things. So I'm sure people are super eager to be like, oh my gosh, give me more of this, right? And for now, where you can really get this is by following her on Instagram at lilulows.vegan, um, going to her website, lilulowsvegan.com. It's L-E-L-U-L-O-S for anybody who doesn't already know what we're talking about. And you can also, of course, check out her podcast, which has all kinds of great conversations like this one, which is at anchor.fm slash what's on your plate. So we're going to have all of that in our show notes as well. And um, we'll also have ways where you can ask questions to Sarah directly if you, if you don't want to just go to one of these places, if you just want to do it through tune in. And you just were talking about these ways that people can make these little baby steps and move into it and how you're contemplating going a little deeper. And I have to quickly just do a follow-up question on your, your, your choice of your, you would like to, your goal that you're moving toward, right? For more growth for yourself is that raw vegan lifestyle. Is that because of the oils? Like, tell me more about the benefit to that because that's on an even deeper end of the spectrum, right? So tell us about that piece of it too, for anyone who doesn't know. Um, you know, it's not specifically associated with oil consumption. That that wouldn't be the first reason that I gravitated towards a raw diet. But I have always just um, felt and have known, based on my own educational process, that eating more of a whole food diet, and by whole food, I mean like unaltered food, mm-hmm. right? So there's a difference between eating the apple versus the cooked applesauce, Mm -hmm. or there's a difference between eating the potato versus the cooked, um, you know, potato chip. And so, and you know, potatoes are probably not the best example, but (laughs) of a raw diet, because you wouldn't probably cook those (laughs) um, at some degree. But you know, what I'm getting at is eating things that are more of their natural form Mm -hmm. um, because they do for the most part retain more of the nutrients the vitamins the minerals um, when you choose to not add heat to them or at least add heat in a very low low setting so for me it would be more of a leveling up from a health standpoint and just removing removing the junk um, yeah Honestly, you know, removing, because even like processed vegan food, I mean, there's so much of it out there, but it doesn't mean it's good for you, right? right. I mean, like I said uh, earlier in the show regarding French fries, at this point in time, right. I'm not giving them up. Like, I'm, it's still something I enjoy occasionally, but they're not, you know, the most healthy choice. There's a lot of vegan foods out there like that that are convenient and they're handy and they're delicious. Yeah. But it's, you know, if you're looking at it from a health standpoint, it's not the best choice. So eliminating those processed foods would probably be the first step in my personal evolution towards a raw diet. Um, I do still, I cook most of my food. I really don't eat a lot of processed food anyways, but just slowly gravitating towards less of, you know, the cooked food to where, you know, I would be at least like 80 to 90% raw food would be the goal. 
Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense to me, too. And um, speaking of that, I saw a friend's Facebook post just last week who's vegan who said, did you know Oreos are vegan? <laughs> you don't have to give up everything you love, right? <laughs> like, For sure. But yeah, right. Twizzlers. Twizzlers. Burritos, That's great. All kinds of things. <laughs> <laughs> Tons of junk food, right? If, if it's really not yeah. about that piece of the lifestyle. And I like this, too. I like how we can come to any platform, any lifestyle, any um, kind of branded concept, and we can come from it from a multitude of perspectives. And so one thing I loved about talking with you, Sarah, is how you're you're shining a spotlight on the different types of perspectives we can bring to it. And, th- and that goes back to your what's on your plate purpose, which is really talking about the why. So is there anything else in our last like 10 minutes here that we haven't already shared with listeners that is part of your why, part of what you want people to really take with them and resonate from this conversation? I guess I would just say that continue to ask yourself that question. Ask yourself what your why is, um, not just in your life or in your your goals, but in your everyday and set an intention of how you want to spend your time, whether it's, you know, to improve your own walk of life or somebody else's, really think about what that means to you so that you can live more purposeful and with more intention versus just going through the motions of your day. Mm. Um, it, it's just... It's interesting to think that, you know, we're on autopilot so much in our lives and we just do what we've always been taught. We just go along with the internal programming, so to speak, that, you know, our parents raised us on. And so many of us just never stop and question, what are you doing with yourself and why are you choosing that versus this? And Mm -hmm. is there a better way? And, you know, I could use a hundred examples in that regard, not just food, but in the way that we parent and the work that we choose and the way that we take care of our bodies down to, you know, am I going to watch Netflix? Am I going to read some type of inspirational book? You know, just the different things that either hinder us or help us in our lives and I guess really just pausing and taking the time to choose what is more helpful to us and other people instead of just what is easy and convenient would be what I would encourage people to do in in so many different areas of their lives just really practice responding and thinking through things rather than reacting Mm. is so important it's so important so can you give any just like final anecdote of something, right? Where recently you had that recognition of like, oh, that's something that I used to really be reactive to. And I see that I'm responding. And whether that was something you were intentionally working on or not, I would love to hear that growth for you. You know, I think the first thing that comes to mind for me is my son. Quite honestly, um, you know, he challenges me like no other human in this world. (laughs) Relatable. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, Just, it's so easy to react to him being what many of us would call disrespectful, Mm. right? Or he says something that we feel is out of line or that you don't talk to a mommy that way type Mm -hmm. of thing. But then stopping to just find my call for a second and try to remember that he is in such a different place mentally than I am as an adult. And while on the surface, he may feel like 
it may seem like he's, you know, completely just being rude and disrespectful. There's some other communication he's trying to mm-hmm. put out, something that he needs or is trying to say that he doesn't quite have the words for. Maybe he's exhausted or maybe he's hungry. So just trying to remind myself that he, he does want to be a good kid and he is a good kid. And when he does something that triggers me to react mm-hmm. in a impulsive way, um, I just need to step back for a second and take a look at why do I have this little child in in my life? Um, what do I want to help him do and develop him into becoming? Mm-hmm. And that's a lot to try to consider in the hot moment that <laughs> right. presents itself, but if you practice that and pause and just try to meet him where he's at and identify more of what's actually happening, you'll find your calm and be able to Mm -hmm. defuse that situation in a way that will help him learn something from it in a positive way and take that forward in his own life. (laughs) I love that. That's such a good answer. Such a good example. Again, so relatable to me, right? I've also got a child who we, he at first was calling himself a pre preteen and now he's just embraced preteen. And so (laughs) that whole concept of, you know, of that. And I, I also saw online recently a meme about, you know, when your child is giving you a hard time, they're having a hard time and being able to reframe it in that moment, right? So quick. And, and you're right. It's that hot minute of just like, oh my gosh, how do I do this? But I love for you, Sarah, how you have shared with us that, um, this growing your compassion through being intentional about what you're putting into your body and how you are being respectful to the world by choosing to acknowledge the violence that is part of our food industry in the U.S. and globally right now, and to, and I guess forever, right? If that's really, it's it would if we go back to the you know the origins, it's hunting, and and that's definitely <laughs> not about love, right? Um, and being able to be so conscientious of that has helped you to find your calm and grow your compassion, even with one-on-one situations with your child. Thank you so much for that anecdote. I loved it. You're welcome. Thanks for asking the question. (laughs) This has been such a fun conversation with Sarah Metzger of What's on Your Plate. Listeners, I really encourage you, go to her show, check it out, be a fan there too, subscribe to both these podcasts, and have a blast while you're doing it. Any final, final parting thoughts and words for our listeners, Sarah? You know, I'll repeat the the famous quote of just, you know, do what you need to do to be the change that you want to see. That's really what it comes down to. Oh, man. Namaste. This was so wonderful. Thank you so much. We'll see you later, meditators. <laughs>